Hello, listeners, and welcome to Shattering Superstructure, a podcast that breaks through the majority opinion and mainstream culture. I'm your host, Alex Arabian, a journalist who explores the value of art for the sake of art. In these interviews, in which I'll have occasional co-hosts, there will be no scoops, no juicy bits, and no hidden agendas, just a safe space in which one can think as one wishes and say what one thinks. And on that note, let's get to the episode. Thank you for listening. Hey listeners, welcome back. So this is one of my favorite interviews uh, so far. Um, Pamela Adlon, the extremely talented, multifaceted artist. Uh, She's done voiceover work. She's been a leading woman. And now she is an extremely gifted director. She's a maestra at the helm. And in this episode, we discuss the pitch for Better Things, uh, which had its final season earlier this year. Uh, We talk about the evolution of her TV kids and kind of the supernatural element of the show and how it could be really seen as firmly planted in the supernatural genre. So without further ado, here's Pamela Adlon. Thanks again, listeners. So I guess my first question would be, what was your initial pitch to FX for better things? You you know, for me, I, um, I didn't see anybody who was like a normal mom on TV, like that I could relate to. And, and when I started, uh, my life as a mom, um, I felt intimidated and I wanted to, you know, connect with other moms and, and, and I didn't feel like there was, uh, um, I felt like I was living a parallel life with, with, other moms and they were just, they knew how to just do breakfast and lunch and take care of their families. And, and I, you know, I don't wear makeup and high heels and dress, you know what I mean? Like I'm a, like I, I would say that my friends and I could go in and that we could rob a store or a bank and nobody would notice because we're so unremarkable because we're middle-aged women. We're gross. We're not, you know, viable. We're not, you know, the whole thing, which, um, which is funny because you, you're so under the radar and you, don't get to really have reflection on your life when you're just in it, in it with the kids. And, um, so I, I mean, that was my pitch. And I, I, I said, you know, I, I look at the world in a certain way and, you know, it's bizarre to me, you know, I'm going like at that point I was doing Californication and I was doing the Tinkerbell movies And, uh, then I would come home and I'd be pulling my garbage cans in and I'd be cooking dinner. And it's just like, there's no fanfare and just how kind of bizarre 
my life was. I was seeing it like I would punch a time card. It wasn't glamorous, my, my job, you know, and then I would come home and, and take care of my kids. And it, it was funny. And, and one day I looked at my mom and, and instead of wanting to drive my car through a brick wall, because she was just saying some shit to me, like, I would be like, oh my God, when I stopped getting frustrated and annoyed and I looked at my mom and I was like, oh my God, you're funny. This is funny. And it's actually a good formula of a way to live your life. And instead of being annoyed by everything, you got, you got to see the humor. Yeah. And so that was, that was pretty much the pitch. Wow. Yeah. That it's incredible. And yeah, it, it it's so good to see more of these stories and to like demystify. Oh, it's it's always so glamorous these lifestyles. I think so many people have that misconception. Like you're saying, yeah. this season dealt with Frankie's identity. I think beautifully. Um, I think it was it was always in the show, um, but it, it shifted to the forefront this season. What were some of the the conversations of, around that, and how did those conversations evolve? Um, so it was, I mean, Frankie, for me, I, I, there was a lot of pressure because when I started the show at the time, people were putting, you know, ascribing labels and saying, you know, um, you know, you have to say what you are or, or, you know, like at the end of season one, Max says to Sam, mom, Frankie's a boy. Yeah. And Sam's like, you know, for me, here you have this very, you know, together, woke woman who gets blindsided. And that's, I think, one of the the things about Sam that people relate to is that she's not on top of everything. And she's she's still learning and she's naive in, in some ways. You know, I wanted Frankie to be this fluid character and I did not want to give into it. And pardon me. Um, and it was very important for me um, from the beginning. I mean, I grew up, the word was tomboy. I was always very androgynous. That was who I was. And I did not want to make Frankie one thing or another. Mm. People still confuse gender with sexuality. Yeah. Yeah. They 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 still confuse it. I'm not perfect at it. Yeah. But I knew from the beginning when I started the show like 7 years ago that I wanted that character to live in that space. Wow. And so uh, what a lot of people aren't realizing is it's it's sneaky the way we did it in the show. Because Frankie's in the car and saying, Mom, Jason's they, them. Mm. And Sam's like, oh, they are alrighty them. You know, like doing all this. <laughs> yeah. And and then Sam says to Frankie, well, are you anything else other in particular thing you want to be called? Mm, and know. Frankie says, no, no. So it's it's just there. So they have the conversation by proxy or not. Right, right. 
you know, and, and that's just, that's one of the ways that, that Frankie has lived in that space. And, um, and we have all these open discussions. And when Sam has that talk with, with, um, Kevin, the wonderful Kevin who plays Jay, AJ in this, oh, yeah, he's awesome. He's so good. And, and, you know, they're talking about, you know, and Sam's like, this breaks my heart. And he's like, my parents are the ones in the closet, man, you know? Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. And, and and like speaking of, of, of sneaky, I think there are so many storylines and characters that are so subtle. If you like, if you blink, you can miss them down the road when, when you, when you readdress them, like I'm thinking of the man, the nameless man that you first see when you're dating Henry Thomas's character. Oh, uh, I thought you were going to talk about the guy on the steps. <laughs> the guy on the steps too, right? And and then, but you, so you see that man again in New Orleans. Yes, run into him again, and, but I don't think we ever get his his name. It's just sort of a guy that you you, you run into, right? His name is nobody. Nobody, <laughs> okay. And it's a very nonchalant kind of like it's an unparalleled kind of form of storytelling and like uh sort of episodic television i think and like and then you shazamming your neighbor's like music from from like your porch or your your back kind of deck yeah and then you finally addressing it in like the last act of the the, the finale is like it's amazing, you know, like you, you, you don't leave anything untied, but it's so subtle. Um, That's so cool. I love to hear that. Yeah. I mean, were these always things that you planned on just like returning to? And, and what about the man in the steps, you know? Oh, well, the man in the steps is uh very symbolic of kind of, I feel where we all are humanity wise. Mm-hmm. And he's just, <clears throat> he's sitting in the middle, excuse me, of this city. And Sam is like talking about the thing that she was saying to Frankie, shut up. Like I'm dying. I'm trying to get up the steps. And then she's like, do you know that these steps are the gay version? It's, it's Stonewall of LA. And he's like, I don't care. Right. And it's, he's sad. He says, I'm sad. And Sam gets immediately emotional and says, I am too. And a lot of people are, and, and it's a way to connect like Sam with the guy on the Mattachine steps and Sam with her neighbor, mm-hmm. you know, with her Persian neighbor. And here's the thing. That's my friend Sitara, who is not an actor. And I had her come into the studio and I was like, I was like, deuce, you got to come over and do this with me. And it was so incredible. And it's just about how we are all just one line away from each other and just acknowledging each other. And and um, I have so many friends uh, from so many different communities in Los Angeles that I love and I love the food from these communities and I love the people and it's just all of those things that I wanted to put into this this world and it's just the the stuff that I like and this and and 
the way I want to model certain behaviors. And I, I wish that other moms had shared with me. So now it's me sharing with them and, and, and things like that. Yeah. It's, it's, it's just incredible. Um, especially like, I, I love the motif of the, like the three finger, like thing that you do, like what, what exactly is that? Um, (laughs) it's, um, it's like poo, poo, poo. It's, I mean, it can be Greek, it's Italian, it's Jewish. Okay. It's, it's, you know, the evil eye. You just, you know, you you ward off the, you know, it's a Kanahara. Um, it, you know, everybody's got their thing that they do, you know, so I've got all these mind seas and I do all these superstitious things like throw the salt. Yeah. Yeah. My shoulder, touch the statue. It's just part of my mental. Yeah. Yeah. I can certainly relate to that. Yeah. Yeah. When you totally, um, I'm very superstitious as well. And when Phil asks, Duke to do it on the plane when like there's turbulence and she's yeah. like, you know, whatever was special about me is gone. That was incredibly powerful because I think the whole season she's been trying to cope with that, yeah. you know, by smoking and just drowning it out. And Phil says it's never gone. You know, it, it, it's changing, not gone, just forward. Yeah. I think this really brings me to like, the theme of like ghosts in the show and the supernatural yeah, was like the, the very first thing, like I noticed in the show and, and it started so subtle, but like, it's almost, it could almost be considered like a part supernatural kind of show. Like, yes, Alex, you know, like, like, fuck. I mean, yeah, man. Amazing. Um, (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> That's so cool. I love that. Yeah, absolutely. Um it it and it's not I mean the the crazy thing is that um Olivia her father is John Edward the psychic medium. Oh, wow. Okay. You know that? <laughs> no. <laughs> That's it's, amazing. It's, yeah, it is. And so you know, that was always part of Duke. Duke was always kind of living in both realms. And so, uh, I mean, I'm very, I, you know, I, I love that. I love fantasy. I love science fiction. Um, I, it's, you know, I believe in all of that stuff. I've totally passed it down to my kids. My kids are all like, forget it. We're all like, mom, I got grabbed my whole childhood. There was somebody behind the door. Like, you know what I mean? They're, they're <laughs> ready for all realms. We're a bunch of Buffy vampire slayers. <laughs> Hell yeah. I mean, I, I, I'm positive. I grew up in a haunted house. My siblings think so too. And but like, yeah, mom's like, ah, yeah, whatever, you know, <laughs> Uh, but you know, we're determined. She knows. Yeah, she knows. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, and like, so I just love how basically Phil says you're like, you're witches, you're mediums. 
I wanted to look up if anyone else had talked about it. And there was an article I came across and someone had pointed out the real life Fox sisters who were mediums in New York in like the late 1800s, early 1900s. And it's like the Fox sisters and then the Fox characters in the show. And I'm like, oh, that's whoa. a crazy parallel. Wow. Um, so that's amazing. And it's also cool how Phil says we were, we came from the water and that's where we return. And the last lines in the show are the, the radio talking just, that's exactly what they're saying um, about, I think that it's the meteors. On the Art Bell show. On the Art Bell show. It's like, you know, well, if they have a mass, you know, when they hit water, does it slow yeah. them down or whatever? And it's like they're. Yeah, it's like finale. It's so exciting. <laughs> yeah, yeah, and I felt that tied everything together like beautifully. And also, Alex, because it's so fun to talk about the finale with somebody. The Mizuko, the yeah. movie that right. Max goes to see in the gallery in England. Uh, Kira Dane says, uh, in Buddhist in Buddhism. We start to pour into the water, into the world. We're not fully poured in right, until we're six years old. And then we start slowly pouring out at 60. Oh, yes. Yes. There's yes. so many of those, baby. I actually have that in my notes. Yeah. <laughs> the, um, and it, and it's, it's a great just motif to continue with that like supernatural spiritual element. So I have a question. Is that a sim like I, I'm determined that that the beginning of the fall of the statue, which is like a character to me, Joe, mm -hmm. very much a character, a centerpiece, kind of a the guardian angel of like the house, keeping Talisman. Yes, yes. That was kind of like obviously the beginning of the end. I was kind of expecting a character death because a lot of things were hinting towards that. I mean, you and Phil even walked under a ladder in the second to last episode, I noticed. Fuck That's you. I can't believe you. Oh, my God. That bothers me so much, but we couldn't poo-poo-poo. <laughs> three times, Alex. So the scaffolding was right there. And I, you're the only person who ever said that. I can't believe you. <laughs> wow. Uh, yeah, yeah. And, and then, you know, of course you fall down the stairs right after it's like, um, but exactly. you know, when you sort of look at everyone at dinner in those final moments and there's a look of contentment on your face and then you yeah. drive off and there's that conversation about, you know, returning to the water and you're happy and you tell Phil we, we had a good run. And it's like, I, I, I think that's a symbolic character death in my opinion, because mm -hmm. at that point, if, if Pam dies, we're, we're left with the notion that her kids are well taken care of with the community that she's provided. Like you've said, all right. of these elements that you brought together with the, surroundings and and uh, different cultures and everyone just yeah you get the sense that yeah they're in great hands and they're all gonna 
be okay with that without you not like they wouldn't need you or what like miss yeah. you yeah and the other the yeah. other part is that you see that everybody is you know everybody's booed up including yeah. Phil yeah yeah and Sam is she realizes oh my god I'm fine like I really like where my life is and you know, the one phone call she chooses to make is to her mom. Right. Which is so touching to me. Yeah. That that's her phone call. But it's it's that, it's what you said. You know, everybody's ephemera. Everything yes. is ephemera. Everybody's ephemera. The antique store talk, yes. Yes. And she, and you know, the Hollywood forever, the cemetery, it's mm -hmm. all ephemera yeah. and, you know, Phil's brother and the boxes she goes through. So she, she looks back and her village is there and she knows Max is in England and Phil's in England. And she just drives off into the, the meteor solar flares with yeah. her boo, her whip, yeah. For sport. <laughs> yeah. So, so do you think, I mean, that's, that's like basically as much of a character death as we can get. Um, which, which part that Sam drives away? Yeah. Yeah. It's up to yeah. anybody's interpretation. I, I think that that's why the show is so personal for people. Mm -hmm. Um, there's so many ways you, you can think about it. I know what I feel, but I learned this, you know, when I started collecting art when I was young, you know, if somebody tells you what's going on in the piece, you're like, oh, he's not dead. He's sleeping. Yeah. Ruined it for me. It's up to your interpretation. Yeah. Yeah. That, that's a that's a great point. And I think I'm told to give one last question. Um, so uh, keeping in line, I think with the, um, like with the sort of uh, supernatural element and tying everything together. Um, so, I mean, if you had to, um, essentially characterize or sum up I think Sam's um journey from season one to season five um in terms of um because you seem a little reluctant at first to to being um, open to like what you say, like if you refer to it as like the shine and then more and more you, you sort of become more like accepting, I think to it, I think. Um, so like what, uh, it's like, you mean for Duke for, well, yeah, I was saying for your character, but also I think probably for Duke, because that's the most highlighted character who's experiencing. She actually sees them the most, the ghosts. So, yeah. What is her journey from 
from first seeing the characters to the end and what she's going through in this season? Well, uh, it's it's kind of a full circle thing because when we started the show, Max was, you know, 15, I guess. Frankie's 12, Duke was like 8. So now Mac so now Duke's a teenager. Right. And you know, last season you see Duke kind of start to turn mm-hmm. and um it's it's with each character it was incredibly um uh we ran it over and over in the writers room because I wanted to to have kind of a win for everybody so what's a win for duke duke's got to go through this thing it was very shocking to me when i would get feedback about duke and say you know people would say something negative about her and i'm like so you've never had a teenage girl like a girl who just turned 13 and there's no grace and people are so quick to snap to judgment about sam's parenting abilities and whatever. And it's like, you know, you try raising three girls by yourself, (laughs) try raising three girls with a partner and then remove that one element. You're down two zone defense. So, (laughs) um, yeah, I, I just, I, I don't, what specifically. So like the, the like smoking and the muting, I think of yes of I think it's kind of having to do with her losing her abilities a lot and also going through the all physical yeah. as we all go through at fourteen, right? Yeah, she she's just she is she is numbing and medicating herself with her phone with the vaping. She's bummed out. She doesn't like what's happening with her face and her body and the world. And she's not connected. And then, you know, she gets connected. She gets reconnected in nine. She finally sees Lester, right? Yes. Yeah. Yeah. I, I love how you pay attention. Wait, who turned you on to my show? Your aunt? My godmother. That's awesome. Yeah, yeah. My Italian godmother, she texted me. She's like, you got to watch better things. And I'm like, okay. <laughs> Did you tell her that we, we were talking today? Yeah, I told her I'm going to interview you. And she's like, no way. <laughs> oh, my God. Say hi to Tia for me. I will. I will. <laughs> yeah, it's just, uh, I love that change. And it was it was so beautiful when she finally saw Lester and I mean I I cried when Lester and Phil did cemetery. I mean, come on, that's a beautiful moment. Uh and you know that bridge that that birthday cake bridge that's in the clock in a clockwork orange. That's in the beginning of clockwork orange. Oh no way. Totally. (laughs) It's awesome. That's amazing. Yeah. I mean I'm gonna go back and rewatch this like a couple times because it, it's it's so detailed and there's yes. so many things that I gotta I gotta rewatch and like people don't realize that it's you know it's drama but like if you blink you're gonna miss something. Um, yep. It's also a supernatural sci-fi ish like. Yes. You know. Yes, Alex. So 
real quick before I let you go, is there anything in the future now that you've got this show um, that you're excited to work on? Um, anything you yes. got in the pipeline? I do. I have. I have a bunch of stuff that's in development that, um, you know me, I'm poo poo poo. poo, poo. <laughs> I hope that, I hope that it happens. I don't want to say anything because it's like, then they're going to be like, wait, what happened to that Mickey mouse roundup show that you were inventing? <laughs> nothing ever happened. So <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. I just want to keep working and I, I want to, do another show. Absolutely. I want to put another show on FX would be great. Hell yeah. Yeah. Well, uh, can't wait for that. <laughs> and I can't wait for the next thing you do, whatever it is. So thank you so much. Yeah, And thank you for your time and, uh, answering all my questions and getting down to the supernatural theories of it. It's yeah. I love it. Thanks for paying attention. Of course. Yeah. It was, a, it was a pleasure talking with you and uh, take care. Say hi to your God, Ma. <laughs> I will. I will. And say hi to everyone. Uh, say hi to the family and uh, take care. <laughs> See you later. Thanks, Alex. All right. Okay. Bye. All right, listeners. So that wraps up the interview with Pamela Adlon. Uh, it was extremely fun talking with her and bonding over supernatural stuff and uh, talking about better things. You know, it's, it's one of my all time favorite shows. I strongly recommend it. If you haven't seen it yet, she writes, directs, produces and acts in it. And it's fantastic absolutely phenomenal the ending was perfect thanks again listeners and i'll see you on the next episode of shattering superstructure this is alex signing out <laughs>